Welcome to the Simple Programmer Podcast. Making complex programming simple and fast. With everything from career advice to philosophy. John Summers will show you everything you need. It's the Simple Programmer Podcast. Welcome to the Simple Programmer Podcast a short mix of career advice, philosophy, and soft skills from successful author and software developer, John Sonmez. Hey, what's up? John Sonmez from simpleprogrammer.com. So I've got another interview for you all today. Uh, this one I, I've been waiting for. I think this is going to be, be pretty good here. Uh, and so um, so we've got actually Carl Franklin, uh, which you, you may know him from .NET Rocks, like probably not, not only probably the longest running developer podcast, but one of the longest running podcasts, like period, like in the world, like seriously in the world here. So, um, so anyway, uh, I'll, I'll let, uh, I'll let Carl introduce himself a, a little bit more, but thanks. Thanks for joining, uh, Carl. Hey, thanks. It's great to be here. Um, I don't know how I should introduce myself except, yeah, I've been a developer for a long time. I've been a musician for a long time and, uh, I've been a public radio freak for ever, ever since I was a kid my mother's listened to public radio shows. So I love that sort of edutainment thing, the car talk, uh, guys and what do you know and wait wait don't tell me and all of these great podcasts well this is even before that but uh so i you know when net came out i wanted to use that format to educate and communicate with the community and so i started interviewing people that i knew as a regional director both at microsoft and outside of microsoft and putting these record and mark dunn was my co-host at the time and we just started putting uh, MP3s on the website and sending emails to people who are, you know, taking my classes or also were fans of the Carl and Gary's VB homepage from the way back then. I had a nice little list of, of fans going uh, and it just sort of snowballed. And so that was 2002. Wow. The word podcast came into the vernacular. I think it was 2004 or 2005, but yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, that's a long, a lot of, um, it's funny because a lot of people in the Simple Programmer audience, you know, I, I t help developers to like you know, build businesses and to like, you know, build reputations, market themselves and stuff. And yeah. I'm like, you got to hit it for a long time before it, like, <laughs> like really so many do. people do it for like a year or, you know, so, and yeah, it's, yeah. you know, you don't see traction until you, you've, you've made it further than 90% of everyone else makes it. So... But um, what I what I wanted to talk about uh, with with Carl today uh, is is actually what really caught my attention that I thought would be really really cool since I've been doing you know I'm always in crazy diets and and stuff fitness <laughs> stuff here on Simple Programmer but Carl has uh, has been doing a, a ketogenic diet not not just a ketogenic diet but uh, he's lost a lot of weight and he started a, a podcast about uh, about about ketogenic diets and uh, you know i think this is something that i think a lot of developers could could use some info and encouragement on so uh so yeah so i, I thought that'd be kind of cool to have carl talk about his experience and and what's what is what is he up to happy to well um i think this way of eating and this lifestyle and it really is a lifestyle change However, it's probably the easiest lifestyle change I've ever had to make just because I feel so good and I don't miss any of the stuff I used to do and used to eat. Uh, it's perfect for developers because we are sedentary people. Yeah. 
And the lifestyle itself sort of gives you the benefits of exercise without actually having to kill yourself exercising. And exercising gets more and more difficult the more obese you get. And it, it puts more strain on your muscles and things. And so, you know, a common wish of people who are severely overweight is that they could diet to lose enough weight where they feel good enough to exercise without without a lot of pain and joint pain and bone pain and I mean it really puts a lot of stress on your on your knees and on your on your uh, ankles and things. So I think it's a perfect mix and uh, I guess I'll start with what it is and it ketogenic is, you know, it's just another word for the ultimate low carb diet. It's sort of like the induction phase of Atkins where you lower your carbohydrates to 20 grams or less, you know, scientifically and accurately, 50 grams or less of carbs per day is enough to get you into mild ketosis, but right. we, we tend to go as low as we possibly can. In other words, we get carbs from green leafy vegetables, Brussels sprouts, uh, salads, um, a few carrots here and there. They have a little sugar and not so many onions because they have a little sugar, but um, spinach, and and most of uh, our carbs come from that. Occasional nuts, almonds, and macadamias, but not not really much. And right. the the then protein is the other macronutrient, and this is one that um, Atkins didn't pay really enough attention to. It turns out that there's, yeah, you're nodding your head. It turns yeah. out that there's a, a an ultimate. It turns out that there's a particular amount of protein that you need to eat every day that's according to your lean muscle mass and how much you weigh without any fat essentially and that can be calculated for me it's about 100 grams of protein a day and so I try to get at least 100 grams a day if I eat 200 grams it's not gonna you know that that extra 100 grams is actually gonna go back into the to the uh, metabolic cycle and get burned as fuel it won't be synthesized as protein. So, and, and it does tend to raise your ins insulin a little bit, but not as much as uh, carbohydrates do. So I try to stay around 100 grams of protein a day. But yep. the rest of my caloric intake comes from fat, and it's either fat that's on my plate or fat that's from, as Richard Morris likes to say, that Krispy Kreme that I ate a decade ago that's <laughs> hanging out on my body. Yeah. But I found out that just that alone isn't, enough information for people to succeed on right. this diet and the things they have going against them is years and years of institutions health institutions government institutions telling us that fat is bad and it kills you and it gives you heart disease and stuff which has turned out to be complete rubbish and when i say rubbish i'm not just talking about you know my opinion this is carl says it's rubbish no go look it up Read The Big Fat Surprise by Nina Teicholz. This was The Economist Magazine's number one science book of 2014. She found dozens of studies that have essentially been ignored or buried because of the powers that be don't want to believe it um, that essentially disprove the original heart, uh, diet heart hypothesis by Ansel Keys when he posited that eating saturated fat leads to heart disease. It has not been able to have been proved. And f I don't know if that grammar is right. It has never been proven. Okay? Right. Yeah. And not only that, but the null hypothesis has been proven. In other words, 
there's not only no effect, no detrimental effect, but there seems to be a protective effect. The, the difference is that when you lower your carbohydrates and you increase your fat, you have to do both at the same time. It's not really one or the other. Um, if you eat a lot of carbohydrates and bread and pasta and potatoes and stuff and sugar, and you also eat saturated fat, that saturated fat's going to get stored. Not only that, but the carbohydrates that you eat are going to turn into a really deadly kind of triglyceride fat that turns into small, dense LDL particles that are the root cause of heart disease. They get stuck in your inflamed arteries, and the inflammation comes from the carbohydrates as well, high insulin levels. Yeah. And this is all science. You can look it up. Don't take my word for it. So, so basically, we know more now in the last 10 years about nutrition and especially about fat, eating fat and protein and, and all of this stuff and what to expect on a ketogenic diet. So it's not just that you eat that ketogenic diet, but it's sort of like you follow a pattern. And the pattern is that we see in our community and the podcast and the thousand people that are in our, our Facebook group and people that write to us, the pattern seems to be that you do this for four to six weeks until you, and you go through this flu-like symptom where you feel yeah. kind of groggy, you know, and this is because your body is changing from its fuel source from uh, glucose to uh, fat, and it's not really good at, yet at processing either, right? It, your liver, once that happens, starts converting fat to glucose that's required for the cells in your body that require glucose, right? That's called right. gluconeogenesis. And those are red blood cells and eye, your eyes and uh, brain cells. Some, some, some of your brain needs glucose. But the rest of it, in your, including your brain, switches to run on ketones, which are a byproduct of burning fat. So after you get through that flu in, the, in this fat adaptation phase, you typically hit a plateau. And this is where a lot of people, if they haven't given up Atkins at the flu because they think, all this fat is making me sick. I got to stop this. <laughs> yeah. They don't know. And two, they get to the plateau and they say, well, that's that. I've had my run. It doesn't work anymore. I'm going back to eating waffles and you know, carb carbohydrates. And so that's where they give up. And we've found that the, the antidote for that is either A, exercise, which you would want to do because you have all this energy, right? But if you are still too overweight to exercise, fast. Yes. Yep. And fasting, the expert on fasting, Dr. Jason Fung, the book is The Obesity Code. And he basically has disproven all of the myths around fasting and how dangerous it is. It's been practiced by th for thousands and thousands of years by every re major religion as a way of sort of detoxifying your body and soul. And uh, it really does work. And things, there was just a study that came out last year that fasting for three days will completely regenerate your immune system when you start exactly. feeding again. Autophage, yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, so so fasting for just 60 hours or three days, 72 hours, whatever, will you'll, you won't, you'll get hungry around hour 18, maybe around hour 24, and maybe the second day a little bit, you drink some salt water, you have to take more salt and, and also electrolytes when you do this, both the keto and fasting. And then you'll see a dramatic plunge right through your um, plateau, and then you can keep going. Now you have options. Now you can choose to skip meals, eat one meal a day like you do, exactly, and like, yeah. like I do, 
um, and you can uh, you you're in control, and that's really the key. That we what we want is we want control. We don't want to feel like uh, I don't know if back when I used to eat bad, I would I would think about McDonald's. Yeah. Burgers. Yeah. All day long, I'd be thinking, oh, I just got to get out and I got to get some Big Macs and you know whatever fries and. You're just like constant. You're you're thinking about this stuff. It's distracting. I just I can do that if I want to, but it kind of makes me feel like crap now, so I won't. Exactly. Anyway, that's the ketogenic. That's what we've learned in what five ten minutes. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, that's a really good summary. Like, there's a there's a few things. Like, well, yeah, you mentioned, and obviously, you know that I eat one meal a day. I've been doing that for two years now, and yeah. I'm not losing muscle. I don't know if people have no. noticed. Like, <laughs> a, I mean, I'm fasting, uh, so I'm lean. I'm like, I, 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 and most of my diet, seventy percent of my diet is fat, right. uh, you know, probably, and I'm at like, you know, like eight percent body fat. Like, I, I. Right. I do not lose muscle. I do not, you know, and, and I'm way, way healthier than, than I used to be. And I used to be a bodybuilder. I used to do bodybuilder diet. I used to eat six or seven meals a day, high carbohydrate, and I am in better shape than I've ever been in my yep. life. And and I like the mental aspect of it too. It's, it's oh. like, you know, the eating one meal a day, it's like you're not thinking about food all day and then you don't have to, like, you know, if, if you... If you if you have two thousand calories that you have to fit into one meal, you can kind of splurge a little. Like you can actually you can actually feel satisfied instead of splitting up. You know, being on a restricted diet and trying to split two thousand calories or less amongst three meals or whatever. It yeah. that's just you're never fulfilled. So you can kind of most people say, oh, I can't make it. Well, you know, one meal a day. But then it's like, well, if you think about it, like. You know, at the end of the day, I get to go and eat my meal, and I can, or, or, or whenever you do it, you know, then then I think it's it gives you something to look forward to instead of like a diet where you're just like all the time deprived. You f and you feel like a slave to food, right? So yeah, you're absolutely right, John. Um, the the other thing we found out was uh, uh, a lot of people think that they can't do it because they say to themselves, "I can never give up bread." Yeah. yeah. I can never give up bread. Well, first of all, we have substitutes for bread that are in pizza and things like this that are going to just, you're going to love it, first of all. Number two, if you think about that phrase, I can never give up bread, well, that's you now as a glucose burner. Exactly. Because you have like, you have like gut bugs that are like controlling your mind saying, you've got to go to McDonald's, man. you got to get pizza, right? But you, you do this for a couple of days, they die. Yep. You know, they're gone. Their voices are silenced. And and I, I like to – this is a really good analogy. Um, you have poison ivy. Yeah. And it feels really good when you scratch it. <laughs> yeah. You know? And and you can't imagine not being able to scratch your itch. Oh, I, I, can't, I can't stop scratching my itch. Okay, well, what if we could take away the itch? Right. Wasn't the goal – isn't the goal to not have poison ivy? So we don't understand this because it's been our natural state. Most of us who are alive today uh, uh, grew up on high carbs. We don't we don't know any other metabolic state. But a hundred years ago, everybody was ketogenic. Everybody was in ketosis for yeah. the most part because there wasn't the carbs that were available were pretty you know pretty much good carbohydrates until food became it was really around World War One. 
in World War II, and Ansel Keys had a lot to do with it, actually. He was, he's the K in K rations. He developed the K rations for the Army. It was all about prolonging shelf life, and yeah. so trans fats came into to it. But even before that, um, there was just this huge boom in bad carbohydrate food in, in the industrial, not in the industrial revolution, but in the, uh, you know, the manufacturing, food manufacturing boom that happened around the 20s. You know, all the sodas, all the grain cereals, the brownie mixes, you know, yeah. cake mixes, all the stuff that takes up the aisles didn't exist. And we cooked with lard and tallow and, and butter, and those were our oils. And guess what? No heart disease. And heart disease creeped in at a, uh, around the Korean War in the 50s, and it escalated and escalated to what we have now, which is this crazy obesity, diabetes, uh, epidemic, and there are other diseases too, liver diseases, kidney diseases, um, Alzheimer's, cancer. They're actually finding that returning to uh, nutritional ketosis, and I say returning to because it's really our original metabolic state, returning to nutritional ketosis is, is uh, shrinks tumors. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's like this study where they showed that like uh, the mitochondria inside of cancer cells it it uh, it could not uh, it could not metabolize fats uh, ketones but the rest of your body could yeah. and so then the idea was like if you fasted and you're in ketosis that you could actually starve the cancer cells not not all but you know in certain cases of cancers there's you know there's definitely promising studies in this area where you could starve the cancer cells and the rest of the body is okay because one of the biggest problems that they have with with cancer treatment is that uh, well? Well, muscle preservation. Like people die because a lot of times their body can't make it through the through the uh, chemo or the other, mm. you know, or radiation therapy because they basically waste away. Yeah. And so, one nice thing about ket ketosis is, and fasting is that it actually preserves muscle mass because, you know, biologically yeah. the organism needs muscle to be able to go kill something and survive. That's, this is gr a great quote or uh, sentiment by Dr. Jason Fung, and he says, you know, people say, well, if you fast, you'll waste away to nothing, and it's nonsense. And and here's why: evolutionary, if that happened, right? Right. If that happened, if we weren't able to utilize our body fat and burn it as fuel when we fasted, he says, the body would be stupid. He says, why do we think the body's so stupid? Right. He says, it's like, it's like storing piles and piles of firewood, and then when it gets cold, you throw the sofa on the fire. <laughs> That's stupid. I love yeah. that. I love this guy. So, um, yeah, so evolutionary speaking, you're, 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 you've got plenty of food and then you hit a dry spell like all the animals have gone away, basically don't have any food. The first thing that happens after the first day or so is you get a boost of adrenaline Yep. and you, and you get a boost of protective human growth hormone and which protects your muscles from being catabolized. Exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah. and this is all science. I'm not making this up. And that makes you in an anabolic state. You're actually better primed. In fact, I'm doing this crazy diet right now. I've got this, I'm actually going to be putting out a program, but I do, what I do is like, uh, I'm fasted right now. It's about, it'll be about three o'clock. I'll go and do my workout right before then I'll take some carbs and then I'm going to hit the gym hard. So I, right. I'm, I've been in ketosis. Well, I haven't been in ketosis, but I've been, I've been, uh, carb restricted. So yesterday yeah. I didn't eat any carbohydrates or very small amount of carbohydrates and I ran, you know, so you are in ketosis. 
I'm probably close, wow. like minor, like because it's only been a day. But uh, but I'm 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 super insulin sensitive, like right now. So if I take mm -hmm. a little bit of carbs and and reactivate that that system, and then I eat or I hit lift weights and then I'm going to eat carbs afterwards. Yeah. I'm going to, all that's going to go into glycogen stores. I'm going to be like pumped up and then, and then tomorrow will be uh, another, I'll be, and then after I eat that meal, I'll be fasting until tomorrow. You'll be and back I'll in fast. ketosis. Yeah. And, I, and then at three o'clock tomorrow, I won't eat. I'll run for 10 miles. Yeah. And then when I come back, I'll eat fat. <laughs> and it's like, you know, that's and great. that's, it's playing with that that mechanism, and it's crazy too. Like the 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 idea is like a lot of people are like, oh, how could you, how you can't, I can't work out, I can't, I can't, you know, function. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, oh, that's kind of funny because you know I fast and and I run ten miles fast. Yeah. So they're also finding fine, you know? they're also finding that athletes, big athletes, and and a guy to look at is um, Dr. Peter Ataya. Oh yes, uh, yes, yeah. He's, he was a long distance runner, I believe, a swimmer. Yep. And and he was fit and he was eating well. Like he was eating whole grains and low fat and all this stuff, but he had this belly fat he couldn't shake. But and he was swimming. He was like a serious athlete, right? Yeah, he swam the Maui Channel, I believe. Like You're he, right. Yeah. Yeah. And then he discovered the well formulated ketogenic diet. And I believe the book, um, the the Bible of this is The Art and Science of Low Carbohydrate Living by Volick and Finney. Yeah. another in the trifecta of, of books that we ought to read. Anyway, these guys uh, were talking about the well-formed ketogenic diet, and he, he's, he became a, an advocate for it after he you know, cleared up his belly fat. And, and, and his experiments and the stuff that he shows is that performance athletes, marathon runners, have like a 30% edge over glucose burners they they can run yeah. and run and run and run and run and draw down on their body fat for energy and they don't bonk like you know glucose burners you see the marathon runners constantly replenishing their carbohydrates or else they'll fall down oh yeah because yeah, well, the glycogen yeah. is what you were talking about there's only about 2,000 calories or so yeah about 500 grams yep 2,000 calories yeah about yep. 2,000 calories Some of, of glucose in your liver yep. yeah in glycogen yeah, in fact, when they hit when marathoners hit the wall at around mile twenty, it's because they've burned about two thousand calories. They've they've hit they've depleted depleted liver glycogen and then muscle glycogen, and now their body has to forcefully switch to key to burning ketones. It has to yeah. burn go to fat burning, and and so it's it funny work. too. Like you know, if you think about this, like just just like from just thinking about this, right? It took you had to run twenty miles before your body switches to burning fat. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to lose weight and you want to, and there's a difference between losing weight and losing fat. If you want to lose fat, shouldn't you switch your body over to the fat burning mode as soon as That's possible? Right. Yeah. Makes sense to me, right? And you do that by going, doing this ketogenic diet for, and it, it takes anywhere from four to six weeks. It could take a few months to become fully fat adapted, but fat adaptation is a scale. And it's not ketosis. It's you get better and better and better at burning it. You, yeah. In other words, what happens is your, your organs work in more efficiency. The brain needs a certain amount of ketones, and it evens out, and then the liver knows how many it needs. And so it only produces as much as the brain needs, right? So that you're not – this is why the pee strips are kind of a waste yeah. of time too because they – first of all, they measure the excess that's leaving your body, not that is being utilized by your body. If you think about it, that makes sense, right? Yeah. And and also they only measure one of three types of ketones. 
And the, the big one, which you start producing after you're completely fat adapted is uh, 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 oxybutyrate. What is it? Oh, yeah. Beta oxybutyrate. Beta hydroxybutyrate. Yeah. Yeah, say that three times fast. But that one is not uh, – you can only detect that with like a blood uh, ketone detector. But um, exactly. you, you know, I mean, your breath smells bad and <laughs> you're, yeah, exactly. you're never, never hungry and um, yeah. 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 It's, it's amazing how much, and, and it's, you know, I constantly am battling with doctors today because they don't understand this and they're, they're like, even, I mean, even today we're at this point where like doctors still tell you to limit dietary cholesterol. Right. Because I, got, I mean that study is old. Like yeah. you know, dietary cholesterol does not influence uh, yeah. internal cholesterol. And don't it's take like, our word for it. Actually, you want to read a good book? Read the uh, Cholesterol Clarity by Jimmy Moore. And he he isn't a doctor, but he basically rounds up all the studies and all the doctors who have done the studies and interviews them and presents their science. So so I got a story for you. Okay, yeah, I've been doing uh, you know. Um, I was diagnosed with diabetes in June 2015, and uh, type 2 diabetes, of course. I was at NDC speaking there, you know, and I got the phone call from my doc. And I think my uh, HbA1c, which is a measure of glucose in the blood over three months, it's a three-month average, because it's basically red blood cells, and red blood cells last three months, therefore you get an average, right? Right. And it was 7.9, which is above the threshold for type 2 diabetes. And type 2 diabetes is just a number that they said, okay, yeah. it was, if your blood sugar is steadily up here, that means you're not, your insulin is less effective and it's beginning to spiral out of control. So I, I sort of went in denial for about six months. And then in February, I went on this ketogenic diet. In two and a half months, Excuse me. In two and a half months, my A1C was uh, six point three or four or something like that. I can't remember. It was it was below. It was in the pre-diabetes range, but it was lower. Okay, and I had lost like thirty-five pounds or something like that. And my doctor was amazed. She, she was just like, uh, she was blown away. She was like, "You're my rock star. Like I've never. Nice. I don't have any other patients that have done what you've done. I know how you did it." And I had asked her if I could go on a ketogenic diet, and she had heard of it, and she said, yeah, by all means. I was through the roof. It was high before, and it had come down. However, my uh, triglycerides had also come down. My HDL had gone up, but my LDL was way up, all right? And she was scared, and I and I. Brought, I brought all the science printed out. It was great. Nice. <laughs> they love that when you do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a love-hate thing because, you yeah. know, it's like, oh, science. Oh. <laughs> so, so she said, uh, you know, she, she was freaking out. She was like physically shaken. And I said, wow. look, and I said, look, can you show me any science that says that uh, eating, you know, saturated fat and, and high LDL is a high cholesterol is an indicator of heart disease. Do you, do you show me that science? And she said, no, right. I can't. And I said, yeah, okay, but you're a doctor. So why are you having this reaction? Is it just like in the air? Did somebody, you know, <laughs> how, how did you get this idea, you know? And, and she couldn't tell me. And uh, I said, well, you know, here's some studies to the contrary. And I said, I tell you what, 
if you're worried about heart disease, let's do a test for heart disease. Mm, and she yeah, goes, perfect. she sits back and she thinks about it. She says, you know, I have seen this, that, you know, anytime I have a patient who's looking good and everything's fine, their blood is good, and they, boom, they drop dead of a stroke or they have a heart attack. Maybe they don't die, but they, they have a stroke or heart attack. She says they, all, they always seem to have blockage, placking in their carotid arteries, hmm. you know. And, and, and she said, I could give you an ultrasound scan of your carotid arteries, and they could tell me whether there's placking or not. And I said, great. I was pretty confident. Yeah. And the result? No placking. Wow. Okay. Wow. No placking. Yeah. So that pretty much put the kibosh on her fear right there. And, yep. and all the other family members who are wagging their fingers at me said because, you know, I was eating too much fat. Uh, Richard Morris, who uh, does the podcast with me, you might have known him. He, he was in the speaking circuit several years ago. And yeah. he was the CTO of Developer Express. And he got his H1C, his A1C was over 11. Wow. His okay. triglycerides were like 1100. Bad. Wow. That's, yeah, that's like you're, you're walking eyesight. dead, right? Yeah, wow. he was losing his eyesight. He almost lost a toe. He was there. Wow. He was at the abyss. Ketogenic diet in six months, no sign of diabetes. Uh, A1C was down in the five range. Um, uh, his, his cholesterol had dropped. His triglycerides were way down. And he just did this other test called a calcium heart score. Which is essentially an X-ray of your a, 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 an X-ray of your heart beating, like it's a picture. It's act, you can actually see the calcium buildup in your heart, and so if there's any placking, which is really the one two, the one of the two causes of, of a heart attack or stroke is you have inflamed arteries, and then yeah. plaque builds up, calcium builds up to protect the inflammation so that there's no bursting. The calcium is actually a protective measure. That, yep. your, that your body does, it, it sort of strengthens and shores up your arteries. And so if there's calcium, that means there's inflammation. If there's inflammation, that means these small, dense LDL particles could get stuck in them and puncture through them. And that's where you have, in the case of the heart, a heart attack, and in the case of your blood vessels in your brain, a stroke. Um, so zero placking. He had a score of zero. Wow. <laughs> After being ketogenic for two years. Zero. And this guy eats more fat than anyone could possibly stomach. Man, I need him to be my cook. I keep seeing his like Facebook pictures and I'm like, oh man, yeah. it would be so easy to eat keto if you could eat that all the time. He's got some that's yeah, amazing so, though. So let's talk about what we eat. Yeah, yeah. Mark, Mark Miller and his wife were over for lunch today and we made fathead pizza. Fathead okay. Fathead pizza is a staple among low-carbers. It's basically a crust that you make from mozzarella cheese and uh, cream cheese that you put in the microwave and just heat up for a minute and a half in the microwave. And then you add some almond flour and an egg and stir it up, and it becomes stretchy and doughy. And then you spread it out on wax paper on a cookie sheet and bake it at 425 for like 20 minutes, and it gets golden brown and crispy. Nice. And then you put toppings on it, all the toppings you want, and it's really, really low carb, and and it's great. And we go nuts with it. And I, I made a shrimp scampi pizza today with that. So I took, cut up some shrimp, sautéed them in butter and garlic and wine, salt and pepper, you know. Yeah. 
and uh, laid that on top and brushed olive oil on the crust, laid that on top, some mozzarella cheese, some Asiago cheese, some basil on that. Fire that in the oven, man. I'm telling you, that's like, it's pizza. You, you can't tell me it's not pizza. In fact, my kids like it better than pizza. We do keto tacos where yeah. we make the shells out of cheese. Oh, yeah. Yep. We make bread called oopsie bread, which is essentially egg, uh, uh, egg whites and egg yolks and cream cheese blended together and puffed up in, you know, little rounds and stuff. And it's bread. It's yep. like French toast bread. I do um, one of the things, the easy things that I do, like on on the the run days when I when I'm eating keto, is I will just take some heavy whipping cream and I'll take a tub of cream cheese yeah. and I'll just whip up the heavy whipping cream, yeah. uh, take the cream cheese, mix that in there, throw like a scoop or two of peanut butter in there, yeah. and throw a bunch of Splenda in there or, or Truvia. And yeah. and make that all up, and you've got. I mean, you're eating like cream it's like cheese, fudge. <laughs> like it's it's cheesecake basically, it's like, like cheesecake you know? fudge. Yeah, yeah. Um, as far as sweeteners go, this is another thing we found. Every everybody is a unique snowflake, and some people have yeah. reactions to different sweeteners. And we really we really suggest that people do experiments, and you can experiment by, but buy one of every sweetener, right? Yep. And get yourself a, a blood glu glucose meter. You know, I have one right here that, you know, you, if, you, if you're diabetic, you can get these. But if you want to just pay for one, you can, and it's a kit. It's a kit. It's got a little thing. You pick, prick your finger, and you put it on a little node, and it tells you what your blood sugar is in about five seconds. So you do that before, you do, before you're going to test something, and you haven't eaten in a long time. And then you mix up the sweetener in water. It doesn't matter how much, just some, enough so you can taste it. Yep. And then drink it and then wait for like 30 minutes and take your blood sugar again. Wait, try it again in an hour. Just write it down. We're geeks, man. We love science. We love data. Write it down. Yep. Put it, make a spreadsheet. And I found that um, maltitol knocks me out of ketosis. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, yeah. Even stevia isn't, does, does something weird to me. I don't know what it is. But uh, xylitol, it turns out, is my is my sweetener of choice and it tastes the most like sugar and so i i love it i use oh, that nice. i use that okay yeah you have to be careful too like sometimes those little splenda packets too those are like when they <laughs> some companies are so like because you know the dietary like the, the, the labeling they, they they do it to the to the letter of the law not the spirit of the law so yeah totally you can have like you know one gram of splenda can have one gram of sugar in it too like it's like yeah it's it's yeah. like or it's one gram of carb right so it, it shows a zero but it's really because it's under that amount so there's a little bit there's like trace carbs and stuff which is for the most part it doesn't cause yeah. trouble but when someone is like drinks like 20 diet cokes or they like you know they eat all this zero carb food and they eat so much of it then they can knock themselves out of ketosis yeah and we have people in our group that just don't they're done with sweeteners they've been surprised too many times they can't control it and they you know and that's probably a good idea and it's also probably a good idea not to go for bars or packaged foods in general yeah. you know eat real food so i i love to cook anyway and yeah. i and i used to love to cook stuff that was actually harming me and it's because it had too many carbs but it's the same food i used to eat i just don't make mashed potatoes now exactly. and i don't miss them i swear I, this is the thing you won't believe it but yeah. you won't miss it You're, you'll be like what mashed potatoes
What? Besides, vegetables I, taste so good when you can dunk them in butter, when you can yeah. just like fry them up in the most butter, then they're awesome. Like you, right. can do, you can do cauliflower. If you really like mashed potatoes, cauliflower with a bunch of cheddar cheese yeah. and butter in there and that it gets the same consistency, but. You can eat out just about anywhere except a pasta shop or a pizza place. But even then, you could go if everybody's going out for pizza, you could get like a small with everything and just yeah. eat the top. You exactly. You, you could do that. So it's all doable. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely. And by the way, as of today, I've lost 66 pounds. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Since February 1st. And uh, I've done that pretty much with no exercise. I'm still, you know, 300 pounds. So uh, it's it's kind of hard for me to to exercise yet. But I'm really, really looking forward to it. I mean, I do walk once in a while, but but that isn't really, you know, my that isn't really my my tool yet for for depleting glycogen. I don't have any glycogen depleter. I have less than most people, you know, for getting my blood sugar down. I'm I, I stick with fasting right now. And yeah. Uh, Right now, I eat. My, my pattern is I eat one meal a day, but I started dinner like you. In fact, talking to you on .NET Rocks was what got me thinking I should eat one meal a day. Yeah. And I started with dinner, and I found out I really wasn't losing. I wasn't gaining any weight, but I wasn't really losing any either. And then I switched to lunch, and like lo and behold, I'm losing a pound a day. Okay. That's yeah. that. Yeah. That 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 makes sense. Like it depends. Like I I had tried I've tried different things and. You know, at first I was like, oh, well, I'd kind of like to eat breakfast, but breakfast didn't work for me very well because eating one meal a day breakfast, it sucks going that long and then going to yeah. sleep with no yeah. food. So right. lunch is probably pretty good because it's in between. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, I eat a pretty early dinner. I eat at five. So yeah. that, that works for me. But, uh, but yeah, it's amazing. You adapt to it and then right. it becomes so much better. So you don't have to worry about cooking food. You can just, you know. I think people just really need to know that it isn't a crazy diet. It's the it was our original diet. We we got to get back to it. And yeah. I don't mean to go all caveman and paleo on everybody, but but just come on, just think for a second. You know, before we had all of these crazy uh, everything, uh, all these crazy cookies and crackers and stuff, and then before we had medicines to deal with these diseases, before we had anything, we survived. We thrived. You know. Right. We thrived. Our bodies are meant for this environment, the world. They're meant to hunt. We were we, the reason we be one of the reasons we became the dominant species is because we could outrun animals because we can sweat and we can burn uh, fat, which lasts forever. And exactly. we can just keep going and running and running and running and you know. And uh, after a while, a deer has got to stop because it, it can't go on. It's just got to fall down. And when, yeah, and when you look at the animal kingdom, like to oh. the other animals, it's not like animals are like, oh, it's lunchtime. All right, all right, lions, yeah. get, get gather around. Right. Let's let's eat our lunch. Oh, it's dinner time. It's like right. I mean, like a lion, it like goes like yeah. four days, and then it gets a kill, and then it eats, and then it's fasting for four or five days. I mean, and and it's not yeah. just lions. I mean, it's it's a lion. Yeah, they're all in ketosis, right? So. Yeah. Um, so it's a natural state, and I, you know, I, here's another question I get. Um, the whole vegan question is very tricky, and you know, there's a lot of people who have ethical uh, aversions to eating meat, and I totally respect that, you know. But I had this argument with a vegan once who said, you know, our bodies weren't made to eat meat. I mean, just you can look at our body, and I and I say, well, yes, we were, 
and they say, well, how do you know? I say, because I like it. <laughs> yeah, true. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know, animals don't eat what they eat because somebody told them it was good for them. Right. They, they, like, they like it. I smell burgers on the grill. I'm like, oh, I got to have some of that. You know, it's like, that's what I want. Yeah, try try to make a cat eat something that doesn't want to yeah, eat, but right, like, right. it's not gonna happen. You know? Yeah, it's like Maybe we don't trust know. our we trust our brains uh, more than we trust our bodies. I think sometimes, and we we try to leave the body and live in the mind, as James Taylor would say. Yeah. Plus, I think you know, honestly, I think the thing that's killing us more than anything else is high fructose corn corn syrup. That's like, I think that's like the thing. It's like even even with the within the carb realm, it's like because it's like well, it's what you're discovering with with the whole heart disease and everything. It's because that spikes your insulin. If you watch your insulin level, your glucose level, it spikes your insulin so high so quickly because of that. It's not a naturally occurring. It's yeah. such a concentration. Is that you know you're 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 basically when you're when your blood is is full of glucose, you're basically killing your so like it, it causes inflammation. It causes you're 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 destroying your body. Right. So yeah, it's it's it is sort sort of the ultimate concentrated carb, isn't it? Yep. You know, and that's really why, and it's so cheap, and that's why it's used everywhere. Um, so yeah, but anybody who cuts out sugar, cuts out a lot, you know, cuts down on carbs like bread and pasta and potatoes and cuts down on ice cream and candy and stuff like that, you're going to see a health benefit. But it's really unless you, and this is a fundamental number, unless you get below 50 grams of carbs a day, yeah. you're still going to have that, you're still going to be in that insulin carb cycle where you're going to have cravings and all of that stuff. So in order to cut that down, and to start your the process of adapting to burning fat, you really have to uh, you know, really have to go below that. And so there you go. And and all the rest of what ketogenic lifestyle is follows from that fundamental thing. You know, yeah. you have to have this amount of protein. There's no getting around it. And then, well, where does the rest come from? Well, it ain't coming from you know sugar, so it's got to come from fat. Oh, that's the other one that I that I messed up with a long time because I I experimented with ketogenic diet. So gosh, like more than fifteen years ago when it was first, you know, and uh, and I would do like zero carb, and everyone would think I was crazy, but I wasn't getting the effect. I wasn't getting the benefit, right? And I was doing a lot of bodybuilding back then, and I didn't know until recently, like in the last maybe like five years, and I figured out what my problem was way back then was because yeah, protein turns into glucose. They get you know right. it. And so I was kicking myself out of ketosis because being a bodybuilder, I was thinking, oh, I need to just like, I'm, I'm going to eat. So my, my diet was, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do 70% protein and 30% fat. Yeah. And that was just like a recipe for disaster because there was yes. no way. You know, it's better to be 70% fat and 30% protein or somewhere along there. I've even gone as high as 90% fat before. And yeah. uh, man, when you're at 90% fat, if you, it's just so hard to do. But yeah. if you, I was feeling my best because my testosterone was through the roof. I was just yeah. like, you know, in, in such an anabolic state because of that but it, it's it's hard because even like i was eating macadamia nuts and pouring oil on them and yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and people like, are like what are you doing you're killing yourself it's like yeah, okay. yeah. Rant on, rant on. i uh, that was uh the the, the finger wagging from family members was actually a big deterrent for me in in committing before i had done it but i was all alone and i had no community and i had no support 
Yeah. And there was nobody out there like you, you know, and Richard Morris telling me, hey, it's really okay. Here's the science, just keto on, you know, there was nobody doing that. And so, you know, I would, I would tell my family members, oh, I've lost all this weight. Oh, what are you eating? And I tell them and they're like, you better not eat that fat. You can not eat that so much fat. You're going to kill yourself. You're going to wind up in the hospital. You'll be dead. And I just want to and it's just like, what? You're crazy. So, so yep. this time, this time I said, you know what? Um, I, we actually made T-shirts that say, "Show me the science." Yeah, and yep. that's my standard reply now. When somebody uh, says, "I'm like, okay, where did you hear that? Let's let's find out where you heard that." And you know, because I have I have a stack of research right here, you know, that says you're wrong. Yep. So I don't mind telling you you're wrong. Be right, you know, when you say something. Know what you're okay. saying. Yeah, the I think there's two factors that go on there, and you're you're absolutely right. I, I've dealt with this all the time. I'm always self-experimenting on myself, and so I've gone through all kinds of. But I think I think the first factor is that there's just so much bad information, right? People totally. think breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Uh, people think that fruits are good for you. A lot of like scientists yeah. now classify fructose as a as a car as a not a carcinogen, but as a poison. Because yeah. fructose can only be used by uh, to replenish liver glycogen, right? And yeah. it can't even go into muscles, like it's, so. It's like two thousand calories worth there, at a, yeah. When it's full, and when it's full, and you start adding more fruit and sugar, guess what? It turns into fat. Exactly. It gets stored as fat, folks. Fruit yeah. gets stored as fat. Here, let me say it again. <laughs> yeah, that watermelon you're eating is going to be stored as fat. And when you think about it, right, like, and this is what, like, historically, this makes sense, right? Because when you think about, like, the fat, you know, if you if you look back in time and you look at, like, the Roman Nero, right, Roman Empire's fat Roman Empire, you know, yeah. or, like, in India, you know, you were wealthy if you were fat. How do you right. think those, how do you think they got fat? They're yeah, always eating fruit, right? <laughs> they had access to, to a lot of fruit. Yeah. Yeah. But um, well, but yeah, there's foie gras. Okay, fatty liver disease is another one. Foie gras is essentially fatty liver disease that is brought on by force feeding what grains. Yes. Yep. To ducks. Hmm. If we're force feeding grains to ducks, their liver looks like that. Guess what? Your liver probably looks like that too. Exactly. And so and so this is a this is another great thing that Richard Morris had done. He had his, uh, I can't remember if it was a biopsy or an x-ray or some way that they looked at his liver and determined that he had fatty liver disease when he, before he started the ketogenic diet. And he just got it done again, and it was gone. It's like, and the same with, oh, but eyesight's another one. Yeah. He, 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 eyesight reverts to what, you, what it was before you were uh, diabetic. It just happened to me. These glasses here, these are the glasses, and I know because they have the tips on them. These are the glasses that I had before I was diabetic. Let me see if I have the other one. Oh, yeah, I have the other ones right here. Sorry about that. Um, these, they look exactly the same because they are the same frames and everything, but I lost the tips. So oh, this, is how, this is how I know that um, these are my long-distance glasses, and I was using those all the time when I was diabetic. And then one day, um, I, I, left, I left these on the desk, and I was wearing my, my old ones, and... I could see, and I didn't re even realize it until I took them off and went to bed and said, hey, these, these aren't the ones I should be wearing. I was driving. Like, I couldn't drive with these. I could, if I looked up at the stars, I would see blotches, and that just completely went away, and that wow. just happened to me after four months. 
It's amazing too. I wonder if that has something to do with the fasting aspect of it too, because um, there's that whole autophage, like one of the benefits of fasting is, is the fact that your body will basically eat itself. Like it'll kill in what it, when it does that, it kills the weaker cells. Yeah. And so it regenerates like your entire, like you said, I think your, your whole, your whole red blood cells will replenish yeah. after, white after blood cells. Oh yeah. White blood cells. Uh, and then, yeah. um, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say that there, there is a scientific reason for why um, diabetes causes, you know, blindness and, and all of that. And that is that you have so much sugar in your blood that your body starts thinning it out with water that it takes from parts of your body where there is pure water. And one of those is, is your eyes. So it's actually taking water out of your eyes to thin the blood, your, your, the glucose that's in your blood. Isn't that fascinating? Oh, I see. That's interesting. So it's kind of like the whole effect of brining something like yeah. it's drawing out the water through osmosis. Like, yeah. And you, you, you know, and essentially cataracts are, are glucose. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And don't quote me on that, but uh, somebody told me that I haven't fact checked it, but I mean, one, one, one way that you get cataracts is by extra glucose in your, in your blood. Uh, there's other ways I think too, but so you're seeing, you know, a reversal of fatty liver, a reversal of heart disease symptoms, you know, no calcium, no carotid artery, uh, you know, uh, placking. You're seeing weight loss. You're seeing a drop in blood pressure. You're seeing a drop in triglycerides, which are really a measure of, of nasty uh, um, lipids that are, you know, the small, dense lipids. And an increase in HDL, which is good. And, oh, you know, your LDL will probably, if you have a lot of weight like, uh, me to get rid of your LDL may go up, um, but it eventually comes back down. And a Finney, Stephen Finney, who is one of the masters of of low carb and one of the authors of the Art and Science of Low Carb Living, he surmises that this is when you, your LDL goes up. This is the the cholesterol that's in your fat cells escaping yep. your fat cells, exactly. and entering your bloodstream and being flushed out by your liver. And then the bile, you you excrete it out with bile, and so there you go. You're you're actually removing your own fat. You're you're eating your that Krispy Kreme that you had <laughs> exactly. a decade ago, and it's turning into cholesterol in your blood and being flushed out by your liver and and, and leaving the body. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what's not to love about this way of eating? It's it's healthy and it's the the antidote to modern diseases. And the and then one another interesting thing that I found is like um and you can you know for those of you listening or watching you can look this up as well as show me what is the only thing that has ever been found in mammals to extend lifespan right now obviously we can't test this on human we can just use you know experimentation from an and adult and I would say ketones it's uh it's well it's it's calorie restriction it's um it's uh it's fasting. So, which, which it makes sense. Ketones. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. You're going to be in ketones. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much mm -hmm. the same thing. So, um, and it makes sense be when you think about it too, it's like every single major world religion right. <laughs> from Gandhi to Jesus to uh, Muhammad all incorporates fasting. Why is that? Like, it's so yeah. interesting. Why is that? Yeah. You know, but, like but the, yeah, when the they people we hold up as the wisest people uh, of in history, have all have all been advocates of fasting? You're right, and and the studies are sh have shown it now and proven it that calorie restriction in uh, you know in terms of fasting 
Um, okay, so here's something I got to say. First of all, fasting is not healthy for children who right. are still yeah. growing. Exactly. If you're a child still growing and you, 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 you're like, oh, I got 10 pounds to lose. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Okay. Um, number two is that there's a difference between uh, as a glucose burner, okay, as a non-fat adapted person restricting calories and fasting. There's a big difference. There's a yeah. big difference between eating 300 calories a day and eating zero calories a day. 300 calories a day is not going to be good for you because your, your body thinks that there's enough coming in, the insulin goes up, the ketones don't happen, and, uh, and, and you never get the benefits of true fasting. Right. The benefits of true fasting are the increase in adrenaline, the increase in human growth hormone. Um, you'll find you have amazing levels of energy. You'll find uh, you, you feel your mental clarity, like you said, and, and also the replenishing and the getting rid of all the, the weak uh, the weakness in your body, if we should just use one general term, you can probably visualize it with that term. All the weak stuff uh, dies off and then gets re replenished with with via stem cells, yep. new white blood cells. It's, it's just an amazing therapy. But uh, I also don't recommend, and not just me, everybody, don't recommend fasting for anyone who isn't already fat adapted. So if you want to get into fasting, you you sure you sure can you can just go and stop eating but you'll be in for a world of hurt for a while. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be painful, literally painful for you to do that. So for, first thing you should do is is eat uh, a well formulated ketogenic diet. Get fat adapted. You know when that flu comes uh, that I talked about after the first week, you're gonna nap a lot. You know just take some time off. You you need to, to go through that phase. And once you're done with that, you get on the other side, you get fat adapted, now you can fast, now you have options. And there's there's actually an interesting thing that I, I haven't totally, I'm not 100% convinced on this, but I've got some exogenous ketones and uh -huh. I have found, and a lot of people have said that getting through that keto fog, that these exogenous ketones, even though they're not gonna like, it's being advertised wrong, I think, right. to be honest, because they're they're trying to say it'll knock you into ketosis in an hour. No. And yes, you will have extra ketones in your blood because you're you're in, ingesting exogenous ketones. It's usually you know the beta uh, hydroxybutyrate, exactly, <laughs> um, or MCT oil like that. Yeah. Um, and, but but the thing is, what what would actually make sense to me promising is, is this idea that if you take this, because the reason why you go through that keto fog is because your body hasn't produced the volume of ketones necessarily for, to power your brain and your brain's like, oh, sugar shutting either. down. It forgets how to process sugar and yeah. it doesn't really process ketones correctly yet either. It's sort of in that, in the, and it only lasts a day, two days, maybe three. Yeah. But, uh, uh, here's what I think about exogenous ketones. I think that there have been studies that show their therapeutic effects for cancer patients, mm -hmm. that the yep. ketone bodies themselves have a positive effect on shrinking tumor cells. And so Mark Miller, for example, took exogenous ketones and, and he beat cancer, by the way. He had, uh, he had uh, um, prostate cancer and he just went completely keto and there's no sign of it. Wow, nice. and he also had a hyperbaric chamber, but we did a whole show on cancer and two keto dudes with him. Anyway, um, however, I think that if people expect that they can, you know, first of all, don't expect that you can eat crap and garbage 
as I say, and take some exogenous ketones and had run a victory lap. It doesn't work that way. No. Nor do I think that it will actually help you lower insulin and, and glucose. It may do that in the short term. Right. But, but Richard Morris and I like to liken it to somebody who, instead of running the marathon, drives to the end and then squirts sweat on themselves. <laughs> I love so it. Look, I got yeah. sweat. I'm all cool now, right? Yeah, okay. You really didn't. You have to, it's the process of getting and creating those ketones that is, is, has the real benefit for all of these medical problems that we were talking about. Exactly. Metabolic syndrome. Yeah, I'm experimenting. The way I'm experimenting with it right now is because I'm dropping in and out like every other day. I'm yeah. like, so what I'm doing is like before I, I'm fasted, like uh, like tomorrow, right? I'll be I'll I'll eat my meal after I do my lifting workout, and it'll have some carbs to replenish glycogen, so I can gain that anabolic effect, gain muscle while I'm losing fat, actually. Yeah, right. And then after that, I'll be fasting, and I'll fast until three tomorrow afternoon, and then I will take some exogenous ketones to sort of help kick me into so that when I run for 10 miles that I'm not so my if there's enough ketones in your blood the theory is that your body will switch over to especially if you're already keto adapted which I'm keto adapted right. because I've right. done it so many times yeah but the idea is it'll switch over and instead of me burning through the glycogen first it'll say okay well we're just going straight into fat burning mode because we have enough ketones available to do it I'm yeah. not 100 percent sure this is working but you have to do the experiment by by doing both, you know, taking the ketones and not taking the ketones and see if there's any difference and measure it, you know. So try it yeah. both ways. Yeah. But you're a scientist, you know how to do that. Uh, I have a couple I got a couple more antidotes for you. One okay, yeah. one uh, is and I have three antidotes. All right. So the first one is this guy in Scotland who is twenty nine years old and he was something like four hundred pounds. And this was early 1900s, I believe, maybe, maybe, I can't remember exactly when, maybe in the 50s, I, I can't remember, but he basically fasted for a year. Yes, yes, I'm familiar with that, yep. He fasted for a year. He took a little bit of yeast, and mm -hmm. some of his doctor thought it might be good, but under a doctor's supervision, and he lost like, you know, 190 pounds, 200 pounds, or something like that, I can't remember, but he fasted for a whole year, people. Yeah, and he's he got the fine, record. And he was perfectly healthy the whole time. So that was anecdote number one. We can multivitamins, though. The, to, yeah, maybe I think multivitamins. that's the other piece of that equation is you have to be taking a multi if you're going to fast for more than like a couple of days. Because well, and especially electrolytes. You, yeah. you know, first of all, we need to understand what are the vitamins and minerals that are in body fat that can be utilized and what's missing. Right. And ultimately, we. I don't know if we really know that, but we do know that when you go ketogenic or you fast, your electrolytes get flushed pretty quickly by the kidneys. So you have to take extra salt yep. and you have to take uh, potassium and magnesium as well. Those you're, you're going to lose. Um, I, you may have seen me drinking this aid. Uh, I make it from a combination of water, apple cider vinegar, light salt, Morton light salt, which has potassium as well as sodium. Oh, and, nice. and then I take some magnesium citrate and put that in there and a little grape flavor and some sparkling water and I drink that when I'm when I'm not eating. All right, so antidote number two, we interviewed a woman on Two Keto Dudes who had been doing the ketogenic diet for 18 years. Wow, okay. Because a lot of people say, you know, the finger waggers will say, yeah. all those studies are done, they don't long-term studies, you know, they're short-term and, and no, 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 no. So, 
in the in the studies that Nina Teicholz has uncovered and talks about in her book, The Big Fat Surprise, a lot of them are uh, two-year studies, which is what's considered to be long-term. And there's even some four-year studies. There was a study done um, with 9,000 people, and I believe it was in mental hospitals, where they could control what they ate over four years. And they tested the diet heart hypothesis. They fed you know, a high-fat, well-formulated ketogenic diet to a random you know, half of the people and another random half, they gave them their diet. They were always work, you know, ate, and the results were there was no effect of saturated fat on, on heart disease. Yep. And, and when they asked the people who, in fact, it was Ansel Keys who did this study, and I think it was a Minnesota experiment. I'm not sure what it was, but I think that was it. They, uh, he buried it and didn't, he buried the, the, the study results. And it took 16 years for them to uncover the study. And they, I asked a, a colleague of his, why didn't you publish the study? And the, the quote was, well, we just weren't happy with the outcome. <laughs> Not a good day to be crucified, right? <laughs> like, we just weren't happy yeah. with the way it turned out. In other words, fraud, pretty yeah. much. Pretty yeah. much fraud. Well, I mean, because you say something like that and then you get crucified, just like we do today, right? People right. are going to be commenting on this and they'll be like, oh, you guys are so wrong. You're killing yourselves. Blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah. Blah, right? Show me the science. Exactly. You, you don't bring the science. You got nothing to say to me. Yep. No, I'm perfectly willing to have my mind changed by real science. But everything that I've seen so far is is either, you know, when they say, when they test high fat diets, but they don't reduce carbs. Okay, well, that's not correct. We know we know what the results are going to be. They don't reduce the carbs sufficiently enough. Or there's another study where they used mice that are pre-prone to uh, not being able to process fat or something. Yeah, there's, there's there's just always something. And you also have to look at these studies. There's another thing that Nina does in her book, The Big Fat Surprise, is she uncovers the reasons why we don't consider this mainstream medicine today. Because that's the first question people have. Well, it sounds sounds good, but it must be crackpot because that's not what everybody knows. That's not what everybody teaches, and that's why why don't we know this? She asked those questions, yep. and it's and it's bullying, hmm. covering up, overt lying, and ignoring it. You know, she, yeah, that those are the political. And so you ask yourself why. Well, let's see. There are companies like Nestle that make carb foods on one hand, and then they own companies that make diabetes medicine. Right. Hmm. Hmm. Let me just think about that. Let that sink in for a minute. You know, are they evil? I, I don't know, but, you know, there's certainly a conflict of interest there. They it, The statin drugs are another one. The oh, yeah. Don't get me started. Billions yeah. and billions pushing statins. I, I went off my metformin and my, my statins. I didn't, I stopped taking them because they've never, again, statins have never been proven to prevent heart disease. Yep. Never it's proven. Theoretical. Yep. They lower cholesterol. They do that. They lower yeah. cholesterol. However, there is, there, I can show you lots of studies where people who had been admitted to hospitals with a heart, a heart attack, and they looked at their cholesterol, and over half of them had low cholesterol. Right. Okay. You, you were done. 
because their arteries were all inflamed and they had, right. you know, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, the thickness of what's passing through the pipe is more important. You know, I mean, right. it's both factors, but the yeah. pipe is, is a big factor. Yeah, you have to have yeah. small, dense LDL particles, which you can get measured with an LDLP test. Yeah. Um, or, or you can just calculate uh, HDL over triglycerides. We'll calculate a score, which tells you how, what your small, dense LDL. You have to have those, and you also have to have inflamed arteries, and that's the one-two punch that uh, is the risk factor for either a heart attack or stroke. And, you know, one of the things I always tell people is, like, experiment. On yourself like yeah. you can't really take anyone's word for it and even even experiment even when we look at you know I've been doing lifting and bodybuilding and type of stuff in the diet and fitness for a long time mm. and evidence studies come out they contradict themselves they like yeah. the problem with diet stuff is that it's self-reported and yeah. people lie like they're just like it's very hard to find so what mm -hmm. you know the best thing to do is like take the best science that you can and then experiment on yourself and see what right. works. And it's like in your case, like, I mean, you've dropped like over 60 pounds and you've seen all your meta metabolic indicators improve. Yep. So, you know, it's going to take someone really to convince you that there's, <laughs> that this is bad. Like there's, nobody's, nobody's no one's going to do that, yeah. right? I mean, results is, don't lie. Exactly. Yeah. So, so like, you know, rather than the people that are skeptical, I would say, try it, see, try it. go under medical supervision, right? Have your blood test done. We know what to test for in, in the yeah. blood test. We can look at the metabolic factors and see if you got metabolic syndrome and, and then right. if it improves and if it improves when you do a ketogenic diet, uh, then I don't know. What are you afraid of? Like, so. what are you afraid of? Yeah. And also I would say, uh, you know, do the research yourself. Don't take my word for it. Certainly, yeah. you know, don't take John's word for it. We, you know, we just are reporting what we know and what, you know, what we've read. So go read it. Um, you know, on our, on our podcast page, twoketodudes.com, we have links to all the science that we cite. Uh, and anything, any claim that we make, we have research lectures that you can see. There are books that you can read, as I mentioned, a couple of books. And there are also um, actual studies. And I'm not talking about news stories or blog posts. I'm talking about the actual studies that are published. And yep. you can read them, most of them, for free. And here's a hint. If they're behind a paywall, if you have to pay to read the results of the study, that's, that's a little shaky to me. That, that says that something's not right. Me thinks I smell a rat. It's something rotten in Denmark. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my phone is okay. Well, um, well, thanks, thanks. Um, I guess we should probably be wrapping up. I should probably yeah. be going to eat now so I can go lift. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> uh, I'm excited because this is a time when I get to eat my the, the little bit of carbs before I I lift. Even though we're we're talking ketos, and but me, I'm gonna I'm gonna build a fire on the back deck and have a few glasses of Pinot Noir, which is what I right. do in the evening. So definitely, uh, all of you listening, watching, check out uh, twoketodudes.com. And if, I mean, I'm sure you've heard of .NET Rocks. If you haven't, go check that out for sure. You can uh, you can you can find uh, Carl and, and Richard there for you know. I've I've been on the show a few times myself, and and you can certainly join our Facebook group and go to fb. Twoketo.com, and that will bring you to our Facebook group. It's a closed group, but we just got uh, past the 1,000th member. And this is, we just, uh, I'm telling you, this is growing like crazy. This is going to wow. outgrow .NET Rocks.
Oh wow, that's awesome! It's going to. It's it's already. We're already getting thirty-two thousand downloads per show, and we we're wow. only on show thirteen. No, we're on show twenty. We're oh wow, that's awesome! 20. We just interviewed Nina Teicholz, actually. So, well, if you ever need a need a guest, if you ever want to talk about my crazy, yeah, yeah, you should at least come to the Facebook group and post what yeah. you're doing, and 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 uh, let let people know. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Thanks again, Carl. It was great talking with you. Uh, you know, I loved, loved geeking out on this, this stuff because it's <laughs> so important, I think. So, I agree. all yeah, right. Thank you, John. Yep. Take care. Bye bye.